Section 94 of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 94. William H. Norton. I was born in Northampton Township, Summit County, Ohio, February 17, 1841. I enlisted in the service of the United States in Northampton the 11th day of August, 1862, in Company C, 115th Ohio Volunteer Infantry. I am 45 years of age, October 25, 1886, and my residence at the present time is Hudson, Ohio. My occupation is farming. Was a corporal at the time of my discharge from the service, which discharge I received at Camp Chase, Ohio, May 25, 1865. I was captured at Laverne, Tennessee, December 5, 1864, by General Forrest's command at the time of Hood's raid on Nashville, Tennessee. We were started on a forced march to the Tennessee River. At a place near Florence, we boarded the cars for Meridian, Mississippi. I remained there in prison about ten weeks and was then sent to Cahaba, Alabama, where I remained until the 1st of March, 1865. The river rose very high, and the prison was overflowed. The water in the prison was two or three feet deep, and I was sent to Selma, from there to Camp Fisk, near Vicksburg, Mississippi. I went on board the steamer Sultana, April 25, 1865. At the time of the explosion, I was sleeping on the forward part of the upper deck and was awakened by the explosion and cries of the wounded. Men were rushing to and fro, trampling over each other in their endeavors to escape. All was confusion. Soon the flames came leaping up and I now realized that the boat was on fire. I stood for a few minutes and listened to that awful wail of hundreds of human beings burning alive in the cabin and under the fallen timbers. I tried to get down to the lower deck, found it impossible to go down by the stairway on account of the fire, but fortunately discovered a rope, and by the aid of that landed on the lower deck. There the men were jumping into the river by the hundreds. The river was full of men struggling with each other and grasping at everything that offered any means of support. The boat was fast burning up, and the flames had reached within a few feet of me, and I knew that there was but one way of escape, the deep dark waters of the Mississippi. I took off my shoes and clothing, except underclothing, and jumped overboard. As I arose to the surface, several men from the boat jumped upon me, and we all went down together. Others leaping on us forced us down until I despaired of ever reaching the surface again, but by a desperate struggle I succeeded in getting out from under them and reached the surface. I tried to swim through the crowd of men, but could not. One man caught hold of me, but I managed to get away from him and not knowing what to do or which way to go, I instinctively turned toward the burning boat. Reaching that and swimming alongside, I found the ring which is used in tying up the boat. I had no sooner caught hold of it than a drowning man clasped his arms around me in a death grip. 
I told him he must let go, but it was of no use. He never said a word, but all the while I could feel his arms tightening around me. Hanging on to the ring with one hand, I tried to free myself from him with the other, but could not. The situation was becoming terrible. To let go the ring was death to both of us. The strain on my arm was such that I could not hold out but a few minutes longer. Another man now got hold of the ring, and still another grasped him by the throat, and a desperate struggle was going on between them. The wheelhouse had now burned loose and fell over with a crash. It seemed to me that the boat was going to pieces. With all the strength I had, I made another effort to free myself from the drowning man, and was successful, and once more struck out into the river. This time I had no difficulty in getting through, as the men had become more scattered. A few rods ahead of me was a small box, ten by sixteen inches square, which I soon overtook, and placing it under my arm, I found it to be quite a help, but it would not support me. Looking off some distance in the darkness, I saw a light, and supposing it must be a boat out picking up the men, I now made an effort to reach it, but it grew dimmer and dimmer, and finally disappeared altogether. I think it must have been the deckhands with the yawl boat. I turned in another direction, hoping that I could reach the shore, but the darkness was so intense, except towards the burning boat, that no trace of the shore could be seen. Suffering with a cramp in my stomach, benumbed with the cold, it seemed as if I could go no farther, but if I stopped swimming I found myself sinking, and again would try to keep afloat. In this way I kept along. I could hear the cries of those that were burned and scalded screaming with pain at every breath, and men all along the river were calling for help. Away in the distance, floating down the river, was a burning boat with a few brave men fighting the fire with buckets of water. Looking to my left, I thought I could see the trees through the darkness. This gave me new courage, and I turned in that direction, and soon some brush struck me in the face. A little farther on, I was washed up against a log, which had caught in the young cottonwood trees. About nine o'clock in the morning of April 27th, a man in a canoe rowed me over to the Arkansas shore. I had landed on an island which was overflowed with water. Was told by the man that had rescued me that I had landed between two or three miles below where the Sultana exploded. End of section 94